All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Believe in Eagles 4 and oh, We go to L.A. The Eagles will take on the L.A. Rams. We're going to take a quick look back at the Eagles' 34-31 win over the Washington Commanders. I'm Mike Gill. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be watching or listening. And this week, the guest on Believe in Eagles, if you are in the Philly market, you know my man Broads from Broads Media, and he is with me to dissect the 4-0 and Eagles as we get ready for the Rams. Broads, my brother, what's up? What's up, dude? I'm pumped. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I woke up this morning in a little red October vibe, so I had to refresh my memory with what the hell happened on Sunday. But I love the 1 o'clock, by the way. That's when football needs to be played for me. And uh, I'm excited to see this team take another step. They don't lose. They don't lose. They don't lose. But some people love to complain about winning 4-0. and But there's so many things to kind of dive into. I want to take a quick look back at the game last week against the Washington Commanders. Commanders 34 31 at any point of that game did you say they're gonna lose this game no no I don't believe in losing when it comes to this football team they just find ways it might not be the way we love it all right there might be some soft coverage but you're also working with James Bradbury playing in the slot someone like Josh Job you're down safeties there's no Evans there's so much going on here Sean Desai who's very new at this this is his first year here he's working through all that so I just figured at some point you'd get the plays that needed to be made whoever it was I don't know if it's Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis Hassan Reddick Fletcher Cox who looks like he's 21 and in his prime again I don't know who it was going to be but at some point that play would have been made because that's the DNA of, of this football squad. It would have been Nick Morrow. You left him out. Three sacks oh, in the game. Pff, I'm Morrow. an idiot. I'm an idiot. How do you forget Nick Morrow? By the way, the Nick Morrow game, where were you? Three sacks, 11 tackles, and a forced fumble. He is the only Eagles player ever in history to get 10 or more tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble in the same game. What a story. Now, I don't want to be all hot takey here, but what do you do with Nicobe D? Because Cunningham makes some plays too. So now you got two guys out there that are doing well. This is a linebacker factory. <laughs> linebacker factory, like the quarterback factory. Oh, that's Jay Edwards. White making plays in Arizona, and now what you got going on here. Uh, let's start on that defensive side of the ball. We'll stay over there because I really thought the difference in that game against Washington would be your interior front against their interior front, and we know Washington's a little weaker on the inside, yet you didn't get the the, the impact and the sacks that you thought that I thought they were going to get in the game against Washington. But Washington, I thought, had a really good game plan. But I give Sean Desai credit. I know people are like, what the heck is this guy doing? And 31 points. But I give Washington credit. They stuck with the game plan, and they executed well. The Eagles' defense is all predicated, Broads, you know this, on long drives. And on long drives, you're either going to make a mistake, offsides, fumble, interception, some sort of penalty to where you're going to act to end up kicking a field goal. And they want to give up yards, but only three. I give Washington credit because they went on long drives, made no mistakes, and got six instead of three. And I didn't expect that with the way Hal played the week before. It was interception for everybody. Oprah's out here throwing them around town. So for him to not do that, he made some very impressive throws. 
But you're right. They want to limit the explosive plays. And I thought the Eagles did a great job. When you need to, here's Reed Blankenship's forearm, okay? And I thought they made the correct call on that. And I even loved his tackle, the down before, which was massive, to even put them in that position. But you're right. I give Sean Desai a lot of credit, too. Both coordinators were working through the kinks, but for a team, even working through a lot of injuries, which they did not really have to deal with last year. You had all those healthy starters at the end, which made no sense. You thought at some point it would even out to more of the mean, and I think we're experiencing that now as they pick up another slot corner, which I think is a good move to get Bradbury back to the outside. But this team, all, all, all they do while figuring out these kinks and dealing with the injuries is win football games. It really is amazing. And I, I don't want to simplify it to that level, but even, okay, I wasn't the biggest fan. And at the time we worked together of drafting Jalen Hurts. I didn't see a reason behind it. You just give Carson Wentz all that money. But the people who did start cheering for Jalen earlier than I did, what did they talk about? They mentioned one thing that this guy's just a winner. The way he leads is very toxic. Like you you reach into it and you and it just it brings the locker room together. You have Jason Kelsey, a vet who wants to retire so badly but sees how special Jalen Hurts is. He's like I can't quit. I can't quit. I got to play with this kid cuz we can go win a championship. All they do is win. You know, all they do is win with this kid because of the way he leads. And it stems from the QB. I know you want defense, but it stems from the leadership of the QB. Well, no, because I said on my show on the radio, Broads, I said, look, I would rather the 34-31 bloody fist fight down to the wire overtime win against a Washington team than a 40 to nothing win like Dallas got or a impressive because you get false hope of who you are. And then when adversity strikes, you have nothing to kind of go in the bag. And I see that's why I think that's why Dallas loses a game against Arizona. Philly doesn't lose a game against Arizona. It might be ugly, but they find a way to pull it out. It's mental toughness. That is the difference between what I think is maybe a more talented Dallas team but the mental toughness of Philadelphia is why they're 4-0 and Dallas is 3-1. and You might say, well, what's the difference? It's one game. That one game was the difference last year in the division, and it could be again. If you look back and say, we lost the division on a tiebreaker because we lost a freaking Arizona. Are you kidding me? But that's where the mental toughness of being able to get into a fist fight is the difference between Philly and Dallas. Because I think Dallas is probably the, the better 53. It's possible. It's possible. I, I don't know. Maybe they're neck and neck, but you're right. That one well, game. Listen, I said last year, Dallas, uh, Philly had the better 53. This was in training camp. Mind okay. Dallas had the better, uh, Philly had the better 53, but Dallas had the better quarterback. We thought Dak was better than Jalen entering the year. Do we not? Yes. And that Dallas had the better quarterback and they had Micah Parsons. So those two, I thought Philly had the better 53, but Dallas had the two more important players this year. I think Dallas maybe has the better 53, but I think Philly has Hurts, and there's your difference. The mental fortitude that Philly shows in those games, and Dallas doesn't. In the more important positions, I, I do give the, I don't know, man, Parsons compared to Jalen Carter, I guess that could be a flip-flop because of the way they play different positions, of course, but the versatility in Michael Parsons is outrageous. But your well, point, your, yeah, go ahead. Broads. You can make a strong argument that Hassan Reddick was every bit as good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And it took him a couple weeks last year to pop off. And now he finally got the cast off and look at him. He gets on the stat sheet. So you're absolutely right. And yeah, I'm with you 100% on the whole, the way this team wins stylistically. They grind and they battle and they're in the mix of it. And in years past, under Doug Peterson, you lose that game in overtime, right? They, they just, they don't know yet how to fully come together. And now every single time they're in that position, every time, not once in a blue moon, Every time they're in that position, they find a way to win the football game. Now, I want to ask you, and I'll ask you on your show. I'm going interviewer here. Um, were you okay with the with the touchdown? Now, I was okay with the touchdown late, even with where the clock is, because you put them in a position where they, get, they need 17 yards. 17 yards. Make the stop. I'm just begging you to make the stop. 17 yeah. yards. If you can score a touchdown when there's a minute and 30 left with one timeout, if it's Pat Mahomes, fine. Milk the clock and kick it. If it's Aaron Rodgers, milk the clock and kick it. Against Ron Rivera, who's a loser, by the way, who didn't go for two. And, and, and how? I'm okay with scoring seven. I love the question in the conversation because there's a minute and 40-plus still on the clock, and you're saying you want them to basically run that clock out. So, but to me, in that particular game, like the Tampa game, you ran it out. You took their will. Would you have liked to have seen them – that's what I with eight minutes left. I said, let's just take this team's will, run it down their throat, and run this game out. But that wasn't the style they had in the game. So that's why in this particular game, I like the fact that they scored the touchdown there. And it goes back to what I said before with a minute forty eight. Now, if 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 Brown doesn't get that ticky tack uh, penalty, I think we're having a different conversation here. That fifteen yards ended up being a big difference in the whole drive because. You know, you score that touchdown a minute 48, you kick it, they got the ball to 25. They got to go essentially on what I said before, another 10-play drive without making a mistake. And you would think somewhere in there they would either make the mistake or run out of time. That's what happened in Minnesota. They went on a nine-play drive. They finally scored a touchdown. But by the time they scored, they ran out of time. So I think that's what the plan was, was, hey, they're going to have to go on another 9 10 75 play uh, yard drive to beat us and then he gets that penalty and, and another takeaway from this game that we haven't seen this was the best Jalen Hurts look he made some really impressive throws right. let me ask you about that because you're right he he if you looked at that game and said last year in week two man Hurts looks like he's really coming around but because of what he did last year we almost look at this game and say I want more <laughs> well, you know what it is? I think it's Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts right now are figuring some things out, right? It's not perfect yet. And the run game, Jalen hasn't been going in the run game yet, and that was awesome for him to plant his foot. The one time he planted his foot this year, he gets popped and the ball gets loose. We never saw that last season. So I think you're right. The expectation is so high, and we look at him as a top three quarterback. We want Josh Allen. But the thing is, Josh Allen even had a, a week one that was a little iffy. That's going to happen even with the greatness of some of these quarterbacks. You have some games where it's not your smoothest, but overall, the full body of work will tell the story, and I think we're going to get that over the rest of the way with Jalen. But some of those throws, man, right where only Dallas Goddard can get it, and A.J. Brown down the sidelines in stride. Uh, there was another one that I'm missing, too. Oh, Zacchaeus. Yeah, Zacchaeus. I mean, these are, are perfect elite NFL throws, and uh, it was beautiful. He has made so many great throws and plays. 
yet some curious decisions that we didn't see much of last year. The one where he's rolling out of the pocket and he's kind of telling Brown, go, go. And he throws it up and you're thinking it's going to be a one-on-one where Brown's got position and he he throws it to two guys and Brown's like playing defensive back. You're like, what was that? He's done that a couple times. You know, he certainly, I don't know, what do you think? He seems a heck of a lot less interested in running or making guys miss or you used to see the little stutter step or the little wiggle lower in the shoulder. He seems like very content on just getting down and living to play another play. Smart or frustrating? Um, It's a little bit of both because it is smart considering one of the things I wanted to see this year from him is make it the whole way. And I know that's very hard to do, but last year you go through the Gardner Minshew experience. You have to win the final game. You get the luxury of the Giants who suck, by the way. I know you enjoy that. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. If they didn't, uh, they, they didn't need the game. So it was nice for that. At the same time, they would have destroyed them anyway. But I wanted to say, see him stay upright. So it's good in that sense. I wonder, okay, they're one of the most explosive offenses last year, right? This is a copycat league. So how many teams went back to the tape and studied what they did? Not only just to study the Eagles, but what can we do to incorporate certain things in ours? The tendencies, maybe it's more out there. And now it's on Brian Johnson, who's a first-time coordinator, adjusting to all of the additions that people made to their roster, knowing that this is what the Eagles do. And you face Bill Belichick on the road, Brian Flores, and Todd Bowles. Three pretty impressive defensive minds. I just wonder if it's a collective group of all of that that's making it look out of whack with his legs. And, you know, teams are saying, okay, we don't want Jalen Hurts to have the keeper. We'll put it in someone else's hands. Here's DeAndre Swift for 170, 130. It's not that easy with this O-line. But I wonder if that's what's happening. Well, that and, you know, I think they certainly have minimized. I don't know, you know, I I had Colin Thompson – for those of you watching, he's a friend of our show, played in the NFL with Carolina and was in camp with uh, the Vikings. And we do a segment on the radio every Tuesday where he watches the film. And I asked him flat out, hey, when you're in a room, those coaches, are they pounding into your head? Don't take hits. Don't take hits. Don't take hits. To the point where you hear that voice in your head that maybe you didn't hear when you were younger or when you were playing for $578,000. And now you're playing for Broad's money. Right. And it's like, you can't take that hit. And he keeps hearing it. And, and Colin's like, yes, they, they, they will pound that into your head to make sure you're not taking unnecessary hits. So you wonder if, Hey, that uh, second down in 11, where he got that run and he kind of wiggled his way and high stepped it, you know, went into neutral and shifted it into another gear and got that first down, eh, he might take second down and just get four yards instead of getting the 11 and playing for third and seven instead. Yeah, but he's never been the quarterback to take the unnecessary shot. Daniel Jones, for example, he just plays with his head down. He'll dive forward. He'll get rocked. You can see his body almost, his head decapitate. Like, Hurts was never like that. So, uh, I, I don't Eric know. Ross out there. Oh, dude. I don't know. RJ Umberger, the poor guy guy hey you want to go fly do you do the believe in flyers pod i'd be happy to join i i'm not on that one but i think i could probably set i don't know if they have a believe in flyers quite yet but uh we're we're all we're all ready to go for that one that's right uh, by the way where were the poor flyers guys sitting late they put them in the 400 level i know and if i'm torts guess what get on the line all right this is camp you're out here boozing get on the line out of beer yeah all right so let's um you know, this team's 4 0, 
But for you, are there areas for improvement? Or are you just saying, no, it's the, it's the journey. They're on the journey. Or do you look at legitimate things and say, they got to improve on X, Y, Z? There's legitimate things, but I have so much faith that the X, Y, and Z gets cleaned up that I'm not concerned with it. But, yeah, I mean, look, you, you do have to uh, – the penalties last week was a problem. No, some of them sucked. I don't think Darius Slay should have been called. I don't think Bradbury should have been called. A couple of Edmonds – yeah, a couple of Edmonds plays shouldn't have been called. So, you know, I, I think your defensive front is so mean and so intense. Jordan Davis might be just as good as Jalen Carter. I mean, seriously, I never thought that that could be the case. Now, I think Carter's a step up. I'm just being a little bit knee-jerk. I'm excited about Jordan Davis. But you get my point. He's definitely really impressed. He even gets sacks now. It's crazy. Your defensive front can can be um, a, a little bit of a, a nice spot to hold your hat on that gives you some flexibility in the secondary to, to get by with somebody opposite of Reed Blankenship. And Reed could play. Sidney Brown could play. But, you know, I think the other areas of the defense – Maybe you could live a little bit longer with some of these guys because of your defensive front. I, I, you know, but yeah, there's some things you could be better at. The passing game finally got going. AJ Brown, a buck seventy-five and all, and Dallas Goddard. Let's get Dallas Goddard going more than just screen. Sometimes the screens piss me off a little bit. But the biggest yeah. thing I, I think is Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts just getting the feel and flow. Shane Steichen did an amazing job. Them two together would be the number one on my list. All right, so we talked about this. Uh... On my show Monday, the team's really good, but they're different. How are they different? <clears throat> um, that's a good question. Topics on this show. Yeah, no, this it's, it, fluff, it's man. This isn't fluff. No, 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 no. This is good stuff. I they're think really good. This is really four. No, they're really good, but they're different from the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. How and where are they different? It's weirdly enough because a lot of the guys are the same, but it's it's just the personality of, you know, last year they were coming off of a season where good for Nick Sirianni and Jalen to make the postseason, but you go to Tampa Bay and get annihilated by Todd Bowles. You dared you to throw the ball left and force Jalen Hurts out of the pocket. So the expectations were different. I think the difference is the personality of the approach, you know, and, and it's the way of, okay, we lost in the Super Bowl. It's the it's the way that they're approaching the rebound of losing in the Super Bowl. And, and I think that's that's it. I don't know how to put my fingers on that. I don't even know how to really describe it. So whatever that is, that's how I think it's different. It's it's a different start to the season because it's a different starting point on the timeline. And that's why it's different for me. That's how I see it. Does that make sense or is that ridiculous? Well, you, know, you said something that really rings in sports. You know, the Giants right now are getting kind of blasted because they made the playoffs last year. And people say, that was the worst thing. Now you're fool's gold. And this is where I sometimes disagree. If you're run properly, the Eagles made the playoffs two years ago. They had no business being a playoff team. So people would say, ah, I don't want to make the playoffs because I don't want you to have false hope of who you are. No, the Eagles got their ass kicked and got a great reality check of who they were and how far they were. That playoff berth, to me, was the first member, Nick Sirianni, with the, the, the seeds and planting the flowers. That playoff loss was the first seed planted of where this team saw themselves and how far they thought they were. The Giants' problem was 
They're not run well enough to understand that they had fool's gold in that win. When they got their ass kicked by the Eagles, they should have said, we are leaps and bounds from where that team was. And that's why the Eagles are who they are and the stinking loser Giants are who they are because they're run poorly. And that's why the Eagles, to me, learn from that loss. And they're learning in all these games. Hey, they're different. And we're just trying to find our way where we're different. But in the end, we know we can always lean on where our the similarities are, coach and quarterback. So the answer is information and knowledge. How are they different? They have more information and knowledge on who they are and how to win in this league. And uh, kudos to Sirianni. Now, what did you make here? I'll throw another question your way. I guess there's a little debate going on based off of some of post-game comments and how Nick Sirianni handled it. Do you think he's calling plays? Do you think he's just trying to support Brian Johnson and, and say, like, hey, that's on me and being a leader, even though he maybe disagreed with that third and 11 to Kenneth yeah. Gainwell? He has hinted at the past that, like, you know, even with John Gannon, like, baseball is that, like, he plays the kind of de- – he calls the defense that I want. Like, I hire a guy because that's the style of defense that I want to play. Everyone so, runs in now, which pisses me off. Right. Well, well, that's why I said you don't dislike John Gannon. You don't like the style of the league. Right, I agree completely. But but real quick, I do think Gannon has a Kapler thing where like Kapler was just doing what was told to him, but I can't stand looking at his face. Well, yeah, there's guys that are <laughs> unlikable to look at, or their presentation is an unlikable, you know, they come off unlikable. I get that. Like, I don't look at John Gannon and say, Man, what a cool guy, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> he was a little bit uh I don't know. I mean Quirk, quirky. Yeah, he just boop a choop a working. I mean, that team has no business competing out there, by the way. Um, and, and look, I didn't I was not a John Gannon hater. Do I say, man, great personality guy I want to run through the wall for? Not necessarily, but Sirianni has always been transparent of the that's the style. He plays the style of defense that I'm telling him. Basically, I'm hiring a guy because that's what I want. Now, him calling the plays or not. I don't know, man. Does he does he seem like the kind of guy on game day that's ripping the pad out of your hand and saying, I'm taking over? No, I saw Brian Dable throw an iPad, but no, I don't think that that uh Nick Sirianni is doing Dable. that. Yeah. Or Brian Dable. I know I, look, I, I think he's a good coach, but man, he's I dealing with fire. that offensive line is atrocious. Same problem every team in this league has. We're gonna see it as a great way to seg to this week. The Rams, Puka, Tutu, Cooper, cute team, right? Stafford, they got a good quarterback. Um, their line's terrible, and there's your problem. I mean, they're fantasy stars, but they can't block. It's the same as the Minnesota Vikings. You can name their stars, but they can't block, and I think that's where the Eagles get you. Is I, But this week's going to be interesting. If Cooper Cup is back, who's going to play the slot this week if Bradley Roby's not ready to go? I think that's an interesting matchup. And then you got got uh, you know, Puka goes all over the place. Who's going to match up there if Roby's not ready and you got to play Bradbury in the slot again? And you're, you know, I think that's a whole interesting dynamic this week. It is. The other factor here, they're going to put Donald, I would imagine, sit him right over Suopeta. Hey, you know what I said? There were some, uh, I don't know how big you are on the whole pro football focus. I'm pretty sure I saw that Opeta did pretty well in the past blocking. He did. He had a good game. When he came in, he did a solid job. Um, 
But for a full week now when he's in there and you're going up against Aaron Donald, different story. Yeah, for sure. Look, if if, if Roby can't go, I think it's a Bradbury in the slot and a Josh Job who can hold the fourth down on the outside. There's times where he gets targeted. But for the most part, a lot of these guys, every time he needs someone random to step in, they've done okay. They've done pretty decent. So all things considered, that's probably what I would do. But yeah, it's a fascinating matchup. But once again, the way that this team handles their business Maybe another year I'd be worried, but this year I ain't worried. And the Rams, cute story. It's a different world when Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are the ones that you're facing up against. So I'm okay. uh, go ahead. Well, so this team, you're like a five and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, okay. This Rams team is better than they were last year. I think they had a lot of injury problems last year. I thought they should be a team that could bounce back. Similar to the Eagles, where they had just had so many injury issues from one year, and then the next, they're healthy, and it's like, okay, we're, we're healthy now. If the Eagles went out there and lost to this Rams team, would we start to look back, or would we say, or we look back and say, oh man, that's that's a game you shouldn't lose, or we say, look, you're going to stub your toe throughout the course of a year. The problem is, you know what the schedule looks like coming up. You can't stub your toe in a game like this if. Big picture, you want to be the number one seed with San Francisco breathing fire down your neck. I'd say it's a stub the toe. And the reason is because even though there is a gauntlet coming up, when you're a magnificent team, you win those games, right? You know, we go win, loss, win, loss. Well, guess what? When the Bills or anyone else sees Philadelphia, they go, ooh, I don't know. That could be a loss. Like, that's how they view us. So one of the teams is going to win. I think through that gauntlet, we can't just write in L's because your team is damn good and they're going to win. So I know this isn't a great answer, but whenever a stub your toe type of loss happens, for me, it's always about what happens the next week. So for Dallas's case, you lose to Arizona. And we already talked about maybe it does bite them in the rear end. But for them to have the type of win they had the following week, okay, that tells me more. That gives me more information on who they are. If they were to lose against the Rams, well, if you win the next two, well, then you're sitting there at five and one. Well, it's a stuff to go. Yeah, well, you're hoping, I think in the end, that, that Arizona loss might be the one that stands out for them that you're like, are you kidding me? If you're a Dallas fan, you're thinking, hey, we're 13-3 and three going into the final week, and the tiebreaker is we lost to Arizona. I, I think that Arizona game will play for them, only because I think Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco, uh, I don't know, who's your fourth in the NFC? Say, um, Say that again? Who Who'd you say? You got Philly, Dallas, San Francisco, however you Lions, rank those. Lions. Three. You go, Lions. you like the Lions. Okay. Dude, they're fun. They're fun. I, they I mean, seriously, they are a fun football team. Yeah, I'd say Lions. I don't think they're in the same category as the ones you mentioned, but they're right there. They're that next team that's kind of flirting around with it. Yeah, uh, I do my who's in, who's out. I cannot find a seventh playoff team in the NFC. To me, it's Philly, Detroit. San Francisco, the South winner is yeah Tampa, Atlanta. They're all two and two. I or Tampa's three and one. Everybody else is two and two. So they're could all. It be, could it be Washington? I had Washington. I've had Atlanta, Tampa. To me, it's those four. The the South winner: San Francisco, Detroit, Philly, Dallas, Seattle, and then the next team. The the, the seventh team is I have no clue. Yeah. It's fascinating though. This well, is fun, man. I miss I, I miss talking it up a little little birds with you. Oh, you know, we chop it right back up like we never got off the bike. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, Broads Media, tell the people where they can find you, man. Yeah, Broads Media on YouTube, Broads eighty one on Twitter. 
That's really the bread and butter. TikTok, if you're into the TikTok world, a little Broads media action, we have a lot of fun. Are you TikToking yourself, or do you have a team of people TikToking for you? Uh, yeah, I, I can't do this. I have a team that helps cut up the podcast and throw it on the TikTok. I, I, you know, my days are jam packed. My wife would kill me if I spent more hours down here in the studio. Tell me about it. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to, you know, Bill, I'm here in the radio studio right now today. Uh, all right. Uh, don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe to Believe in Eagles. Uh, Eagles, Rams. How you feeling? Uh, I see a W. Nice and easy. What's next? What do you got? Nice. You got anything, and, else? You got nice, anything else for me? Nice and easy. You got Sunday anything else driver? for me? Sunday driver. You're damn right. What else you got? That's it, man. That's right. it. That's a wrap. We like to keep it quick and easy here on the Believe in Eagles show. Uh, Broads Media, thanks for doing this, man. We'll have to do it again. It was like riding a bike. We just started going and cranked us up and bang. We banged out a bunch of stuff in a cute little half an hour right there. You're damn uh, right. I'm your host, Mike Gill. This is Believe in Eagles. Have a great one, everybody. I got, By the way, I got to make my pick. I got Eagles winning the game 31-17. I love it. 31-17. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.